<coughs> Good morning. I'm starting to lose my voice. That's uh, what singing will do, huh? You lose your voice. Hey, let's open our Bibles. John 17. John 17, the Lord's Prayer. What a wonderful prayer it is. And uh, <clears throat> John chapter 17. So last week we talked about this, the fact that Jesus is praying for us. And who better could you have praying for you than Jesus, right? And he prays for those that are his own. He says, I'm not praying for the world, not that he doesn't care about the world, but he's praying for us that belong to him, that are his. Uh, true believers. He's interceding for us, praying on on our behalf to the Father. He's right there at the right hand of God. And his first prayer we saw uh, last week was for our protection, that we would be protected by the power of your name. We sang about that today, too, the power of the name. And, and, he, and he said, he said that, that we wouldn't be taken out of the world, but we would be protected in it. There will be a time we'll be taken out of the world as believers. Uh, we'll be with him. We'll see him face to face. We'll see his glory. We'll, we saw that in verse 24 of chapter 17. But for now, he's praying for us to be protected from the evil that's all around us. The second part of his prayer is about unity. It's about being one. Let's, let's pick it up where we left off there in verse 11. He says, I will remain in the world no longer. Jesus speaking to his disciples, but they are still, he's speaking to the Father in front of his disciples, I should say, but they are still in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one so that they may be one as we are one. So that it's kind of a follow-on from this prayer for protection, and that in this protection, uh, that, that the church, the, the body of Christ, those that belong to him, would be one. We would have this, this unif unity, this unifying uh, force that holds us together. Uh, in warfare, one of the, one of the tenets of, of warfare is divide and conquer. And the enemy would love to divide us and, and so that he can hammer us down. And, and it's true in, in small groups. It's true, it's true in the church. It's true in our families. Just destroy it and, and conquer it. Divide us and conquer us. He says there that they may be one as we are one. Now, who's he talking about there? He's talking about the Trinity, right? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says that, that they, the church, the disciples, they may be one as we are one. He's speaking to the Father. So there's this incredible oneness, this incredible unity, this fellowship uh, between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he's saying that's how he wants us to be one. Where we're not the same, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, but in three persons. There's one body of Christ, but many people, but that we would be united. We would be united. That's what he's praying for us. That's what he wants for us. There's a wonderful psalm, Psalm 133, one of the shortest, uh, if not the shortest. He says, behold 
how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon, that's a mountain in Israel, descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life evermore, forevermore. How good and how pleasant it is for when we get along, when we dwell together in unity, when we, when we you know, love one another. He said there's a blessing in that. Is that always easy? Do we always get along? Do you always get along with your family, with your spouse maybe, with your children, with your friends, within the church? We'll talk about that in a second, but, but is, in this prayer, now, is he calling for this kind of unity, this, this unity at all costs? Let's, let's just get together. Everybody's got to be together. It doesn't matter. You know, nothing else matters other than the fact that you are, you know, unified. There's this movement called ecumenicalism where, you know, all the religions, we're all just going to join together and just be one. That sounds like a one world religion to me. But that's not what he's saying at all. You know, the, the truth is we don't unify around the lowest common denominator. We unify around the highest common denominator, which is our faith in Jesus Christ. That's what makes us family. That's what we, you know, gather together around. That's what we unify in. This oneness of of heart and spirit around the truth, around the cross, around the resurrection. That's what, what makes us family, you see. It's so, so important. So, so important. Jump down with, the, with me, if you will, to verse 20. Jesus said in, in verse 20, I tell you the truth. I'm in the wrong chapter, I'm sorry. My prayer, he says, is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Now, who is he talking about here? Us. So, so through their message, the message the disciples would pass along and that, that they saw firsthand, they were eyewitnesses of, they pass it along. And now some 2,000 years later, that's us. So... It's kind of incredible to think about that Jesus, 2,000 years ago, he was praying for you. He was praying for me. And he's still praying for you and me today. And we still need it today. We need it every day. He's still praying. Look what he prayed there in verse 21. He said this, that all of them may be one. All of those who what? Who believed, those who believed in me through their message. All true believers in Jesus Christ would be one. Again, it's not unity at all costs. It's not the lowest common denominator. It's the highest common denominator, and that is Jesus. I used to be good in math, by the way. It's not so much, not so much anymore. Verse 20, 21, he says that all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. 
all of them may be one so that the world may believe that you have sent me. In other words, you know, Jesus praying for his family, his body, the body of Christ, those that believed in him, that they may be one. Why? Because the world around is watching. The world is watching. And what are they seeing? That's, that's always the question. What do they see from us as believers? Is there a common focus? Now, it doesn't mean we agree about everything, but we agree about the central doctrines of the, of the true Christian faith and, the, and the, the birth of death and the resurrection of our, our Savior Jesus, that he came down from the Father, he existed forever, uh, pre-eternally, and, and he came down, and he took a body, and, and he died for our sins. And he rose from the dead, and, and he ascended into heaven. We, we, we unite, we, we, we agree on the central truths of the gospel of Jesus. The world is watching about that. When we make huge deals about some of the side issues, they say, what, you know, they can't even talk to each other. Look at verse 22. Jesus said, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Look at that. He says, I've given them the glory. I've given them glory, what? So that they may be one as we are one. With glory of Jesus Christ poured into our our lives, our families, our churches, how can we do this? How can we? I, 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 you know, the truth is I can't even get along with myself. Much less get along with anybody else. But because of the grace and the mercy and the power of God's spirit working in my life, this is what it is. He says, hey, I poured out my glory. I've given them the glory that you gave me. When, it, when the Bible talks about the glory of God, it, it really speaks about this, his presence, this radiance. Or the, or the shining forth of his presence. The Shekinah glory speaks about this, this incredible brightness shining out from him of his presence. So he says, I gave them that glory. I gave them you know, the presence of, that you gave me, this glory, so that they may be one. How else can we be united? What else can we unite around except our faith in Jesus Christ? It's so important. Again, we, we always focus back on the same thing. We're going to have communion in a few minutes. We're, we're, why? Because we're going to focus back at the cross and at Jesus. That's where we always got to, got to get. Paul says, I, I, you know, I could, I could tell you thousands and thousands of words, but he says, I'd rather just get to Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what I want to focus on. That's what I need to focus on. Not some, not some social program, but around Jesus, around our our faith in him and the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 23. He says, I and I them and you and me, may they be brought. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. He says there in that verse that there's something very essential in all this. He's, he says I, that they would have the glory, but, but he says that, that in, in this oneness is the fact that Jesus was living within us. And the Father living within Jesus. You see this, this trinity, but, but it's, it's something that's in the very heart of who we are. 
the very presence of the Spirit of God in our lives. And Jesus uh, must be within us or we don't belong to him. We say these, these things apply to those that belong to him. Paul said if, if we don't have the Spirit of God living within us, and he, he uses that term, the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ, in the very same verse, you see it's the, the Holy Spirit and this, the, the, the mysterious nature of the Trinity. But if we do not have Jesus, the Spirit of Christ living within us, we don't belong to him. We're not his. But if he is living within us, he says we're going to have life. We have life. He says through that, he says, may they be brought to complete unity or, or full unity. And, and again, it's so very clear that this was something that, that God would do. May they be brought to complete unity. The, the verb tense uh, shows that, that we would be recipients of the action. The action would be done to us, you see. He would bring us to this unity. And through that, that the world would know, that the world would know that, we, that Jesus was sent by the Father. Not only that Jesus was sent by the Father, but that this whole concept of love is there. You see that at the bottom of verse 23 says, let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. The world's going to see that, 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 we, that we know that Jesus loves me, this I know. It's a, it's a simple, simple truth, but it's the, again, it's, it's what the world's going to see. Do, do you and I know that God loves me? Do we really understand the love of God? Have we received the love of God? The true love, the love that makes a difference in all of life, is that part of who we are? That's what the world's going to see. That's what's going to make a difference for the world. What did Jesus say in John chapter 13 by this? All men will know that you are my disciples if you what? If you love one another. If you love one another. If you have this unity, this love one for another, the world is going to see. The world's going to know that you really are my disciples. There is so much division in our world, isn't there? So much division, and, and if we're not careful, that division, that those things will come in and divide us. If we're not careful, we're not paying attention. If we're not, you know, uh, uh, pleading with the Lord to work in our lives. What did Jesus say in Mark chapter 3? If a kingdom is divided against itself, what? That kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. If we're divided, we're going down. We're going to go down if we're divided, if we're not unifying around the cross and the love of God. Paul says in, in, in the book of Ephesians, he says this, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now, where, where does the unity come from? It's the unity of what? of the spirit but but that doesn't mean we just fold our arms and say well you know whatever it, we have to cooperate 
with the Spirit of God. And, and if He wants us to humble ourselves, which is what we need to do, before Him and before others, to make peace, to bring peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. We need to put some effort out sometimes, folks. Sometimes we need to be the one who says first, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. What usually happens is, is you know, we, we blame the other person. It's everything they did. It's not what I did. And how far do we get with that? Nowhere. You know, we're all at, we're all at fault. We're all at blame. Not one of us perfect. Not one of us haven't, you know, said things and thought things and did things that, 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 that aren't right. The way up is what? Down. We want to have peace together. We need to make every effort. And that, that, that starts at the foot of the cross. That starts with humility. Paul said in Romans chapter 12, you know, that each of us, for as we have many members in one body and, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ. So we're not all the same. That doesn't mean that we're all the same, but there's only one body, but we're all kind of different and we all have different gifts. We all diff have different callings and we all look at things a little bit differently too. One of the things that I think is the problem is when we want the other person to see it exactly the way I see it. When they might be looking at the same thing and seeing something differently because they're looking from a different angle. He goes on in that, in that passage, he says, we need to accept one another. It's not uniformity, but unity. Another passage I think really applies today. Paul says in Philippians 1, he said, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Live like you belong to Jesus Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. You see that? He said, no matter what happens, I, I want to know that you're standing firm, that you're standing firm together, you're united. But look what he says there. He says, contending together, contending as one for the faith of the gospel. You see, this thing that I've been talking about, this central unifying truth, you know, it is not accepted by all the world. And the fact of the matter is that, that our society, our country, this is going to be more and more difficult and it's coming quicker and quicker where you and I are going to be persecuted for our faith. You're not going to be accepted and, and you know, be happy. I, I read a quote by a, a, a I don't get into politics a lot. You, you, you know that. But, but there was a guy who was, you know, in the, in the uh, government, in, in one of the, ha the house, uh, and he said, you know what? It doesn't matter what the will of God is. It doesn't matter what God thinks about any of this. We, we're going to do what we think. See, and that's the direction that we've been going for a long time. Let's, let's get God out. Let's get him out of the school. Let's get him out of our state. Let's get him out of our country. Let's get him out of our world. And that 
is very dangerous, but you and I, we need to contend together. We need to be united. We can't be fighting and, and have a, a, a strong you know, front against the world that's saying, you know what, you can't do that. You can't talk about God there. You can't pray there. It's happening. It's happening. It happens in our own state. It wasn't that long ago where they, where they took the prayer off the wall in the school. You remember that? It had been up there for ages. We don't want that. That, that. I don't like that. Take that down. Contending together, the unity that we have is, is important. It, it, it has to do with that. In the book of Acts, it says all the believers, they were one in heart and mind. And no one claimed that any of his, his possessions were his own, but they shared everything they had. They were one in heart and mind, and they weren't, you know, they took care of each other. We need to take care of each other. One last verse, I, I think, kind of makes the point about uh, where this unity really comes from. It says here in in Romans 15, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, where does it come from? Where does the spirit of unity come from? Not some social, you know, program where we're all going to be, you know, what was that song they had uh, you know, we are the world and we're all going to unify. And it was a bunch of nonsense, really. We unify because God, by his Holy Spirit, he gives us a spirit of unity. The God who gives endurance and encouragement. So that with one heart and mouth, we, we glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, it's that place of humility. It's always the place of humility where, where God, by his by his spirit does this work in our lives. Notice he says there, as we follow Christ Jesus, as we follow him, we, we've got we've to follow him and let him do the work in our lives. We're going to pray first and then we're going to have communion, but uh, let's go ahead and pray and, and ask God to do that work in us, in our, in our church, in, in, in the church, in the world, in, the, in our homes, in our families. Our great and awesome God, you are the God who gives endurance and encouragement and, and gives us the spirit of unity, Lord. You, you uh, help us. We, we want to cooperate. We want to we work and surrender to you that you might do that work, Lord. Some of us, uh, uh, you know, we need your help in this area. Well, I should say all of us. We need your help in this area that we could love one another. The world's watching and our family members and our believers are watching. What, how do we treat each other? Do we take care of each other? Do we love each other? God, uh, you know, we're selfish. I'm selfish. We, we really want to take care of ourselves, but, but, but you have a different plan that we would love one another. Help us to do that, God ourselves at the foot of the cross where we we look up and we see the glory, the glory that you poured down upon us from that cross that day that you died for our sins, you were buried, you rose from the dead three days later.
us, Lord, I pray. Help us. Thank you, Jesus, for praying for us. Even 2,000 years ago, you were praying for us, and now you're still praying for us. Work in us, Lord, in Jesus' name. sing together and and uh, have the communion passed out so we can all stand while we